0: This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. With high temperatures again in the forecast, for the second day in a row, the state's electrical grid operators are calling on Californians to conserve energy during the afternoon and evening hours. A statewide flex alert has been issued between four this afternoon and nine this evening. Because of the potential strain on the power grid, California's independent system operators asking residents to not use major electrical appliances during those hours and to try to pre-cool their homes beforehand. Forecasters say the hotter weather could stick around through the weekend. Let's turn to the pandemic. California has logged 348 cases of the new mu variant of the coronavirus in 15 counties. The World Health Organization has classified mu as quote a variant of interest because it could have mutations that allow it to evade vaccines. Dr. Peter Chin Hong is an infectious disease specialist at UC San Francisco. I'm not, you know, dispensing with it. It's something to watch, but I'm also not losing sleep over it. At least the Pfizer vaccine still uh, works against it. Mu, that's spelled M-U, by the way, was first detected in Colombia in January. Chin Hong says it's still present there, but it hasn't burst onto the scene and taken over the way Delta did back in June and July. Let's turn to California's wildfires. New evacuation orders have been issued for the Dixie Fire burning in northeastern California. The Shasta County Sheriff's Office has ordered mandatory evacuations for the town of Old Station as residents between the Lassen National Park entrance and Bridge Campground have been told to leave their homes immediately. Meanwhile, some other warnings have been lifted. Here's Plumas County Sheriff Todd John speaking at a news conference last night. I reduced the mandatory evacuation order for Taylorsville and Genesee as well as uh, warnings for several other areas along the north side of Highway 70 from the east side of Quincy to the Beckworth uh, that were lifted from warnings and, and went to no order. Sheriff John says he's asking residents to remain cautious even though evacuation warnings have been lifted in the area. When it comes to the firefight, there's concern about the weather in the coming days. Here's CAL FIRE incident meteorologist Jack Messick on what lies ahead in the coming days.
1: What fronts really bring that is a detriment to most firefighters is some pretty strong and gusty winds. So we have that to look forward to. Um, Fortunately for us, uh, and front can also bring uh, thunderstorms and lightning, which this one will as well. And so the National Weather Service in Reno, who serves this area, has issued what's called a fire weather watch, which means there is potential for critical fire weather conditions.
0: So far, the Dixie Fire has burned more than 922,000 acres and has destroyed nearly 1,300 structures. Another 1,900 or so buildings remain threatened by the fire. Let's turn to water. The city of San Francisco and irrigation districts in the Central Valley are suing the state over drought restrictions. Restrictions that prevent them from drawing water out of creeks and rivers. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero explains.
1: The lawsuit claims the State Water Resources Control Board lacks the authority to interrupt water rights that date back to before it was established. The agency issued the order last month due to a lack of water in the San Joaquin River Basin. If the agencies don't win, there's still a lot of water in the system that can be conserved or recycled. That's according to Heather Cooley, Director of Research for the Pacific Institute. Some of these alternatives can help address these issues. It can ensure that we have enough water to meet our needs. But as the drought continues, the suit threatens the viability of the state's meager water supplies. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today.
0: You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. With the final day to vote in the gubernatorial recall election just five days away, attentions are flaring on the campaign trail. While kicking off his new Recall Express bus tour in the L.A. neighborhood of Venice yesterday, Republican frontrunner Larry Elder was greeted by angry protesters. In Los Angeles, KCRW's Tara Atreon has more.
1: Larry Elder arrived in Venice for a scheduled tour of homeless encampments there. The Republican frontrunner cut his campaign event short after being met by expletive-laced tirades from a fired-up crowd. A woman wearing a gorilla mask hurled an egg in his direction and then threw punches at an aide who approached her. The GOP candidate was rushed into a nearby SUV and driven away from the scene. He was unhurt. In a tweet addressing the situation, Elder wrote, quote, The intolerant left will not stop us. Venice has become a flashpoint in the battle over a growing unhoused population in L.A., Elder says he will press on with his campaign schedule to make stops across Southern California and the Central Valley today. He currently tops the polls out of the 46 candidates running to replace Governor Gavin Newsom. For The California Report, I'm Tara Atrion in Los Angeles.
0: Meanwhile, in the Bay Area, Governor Newsom continued his tour across the state with prominent National Democrats. He was joined by Vice President Kamala Harris yesterday, who highlighted Newsom's aggressive COVID-19 response. Gavin! Gavin! stepped up to the moment. Over 22 million Californians have been vaccinated because of the programs that he led and put in place. Because he was not afraid. He didn't say this problem is too big for me. He didn't say my state is too big for me. Governor Newsom also campaigned with Senators Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar in Southern California over the weekend. And President Joe Biden is expected to campaign with him early next week on the eve of election day. Meanwhile, supporters of Governor Newsom are working furiously to turn out the no vote and keep him in office. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr takes a look at their efforts.
1: It's a hot and muggy Saturday in Sacramento. Smoke from surrounding wildfires fills the air and makes it uncomfortable to breathe. And yet a group of union members gathers in a small office, ready to start knocking on doors and making phone calls to urge people to vote no on the impending recall. Fabrizio Sasso with the Sacramento Central Labor Council lists off some of the unions represented that morning.
0: UHW 2015 update. I'm sure I'm missing some.
1: Did I miss 10 to, 1. ten to one? Awesome. Sasso says there's been tremendous volunteer turnout at their canvassing events.
0: It seems like it's all in effort by not just labor, but with uh, activists and uh, party folks and regular people who see that this is a threat to democracy and want to do something about it.
1: Iron worker Mitchell Betchel says he was motivated to volunteer because he thinks Larry Elder, the leading candidate to replace Newsom, would be bad for women. Elder is a conservative talk show host who said employers should be allowed to ask women if and when they plan to get pregnant. You know, I always like to think to myself, you know, what would my sister say about who I'm voting for? What would my mother and father say? And it's for me, it's about the fact that men and women are equal and they should be treated equally. Betchel estimates he's knocked on more than 1100 doors during his volunteer shifts. It's tough work. This time he's in a working class neighborhood north of Sacramento. Very few people answer their doors, but for those who do, Betchel has his pitch ready. Aloha. My name's Mitchell. I work for the Iron Workers. We're just doing some canvassing today to uh, make sure voters are aware of the no on the recall campaign. At every door he visits, Betchel leaves a flyer that reinforces the campaign's message, hoping it will make an impact with whoever picks it up. He's just one part of a massive get-out-the-vote effort. Nathan Click is with the Newsom campaign. He says the goal is to knock on nearly 2 million doors, make 18 million phone calls, and send millions more texts urging people to vote no on the recall. Click says the effort is necessary given the unusual nature of the election.
0: Democrats are less likely to turn out in a non-presidential year. They're even less likely to turn out in a non-November election, and they're even less likely to turn out for an election that they didn't want in the first place, which is what this recall is.
1: Click maintains that once voters know the basics of the election, like the date, they're more likely to cast a ballot and vote no. People at a recent food truck event in the Sacramento suburb of Elk Grove had varying degrees of knowledge about the recall. Some had already cast their ballots against the recall, while others didn't plan to vote at all. Michael Ornellis says he's on the fence, though he thinks Newsom is probably still figuring out the job. So
0: four years is always such a small term, in my opinion, to figure out what's going on. So I always think it's kind of goofy that California kind of has done that. You know, last time we ended up with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is like what? It's like whatever. So I don't know. It's kind of silly,
1: in my opinion. But, silly or not, the election is happening, and Newsom's team hopes they've done enough to convince voters to keep him around a little longer. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento.
0: And that is the California Report for Thursday, September 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk tomorrow.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of healthcare with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Paint care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
0: I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California.